Hi, I'm Amanda Pashuko. This is Sheila Lois Devita. I'm Gina Lovato. Hey, it's Anna Dunn. I'm Caitlin Bailey. This is Melissa Novak. It's Sean Jacobson. Hey, it's Bethany Nicole. Welcome to Sex Party. And welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. <laughs> Sex Party with your host, Dustin Ripka. Hello and welcome to Sex Party. I'm your host, Dustin Ribka. And on this week's episode, we are diving into the big, dark, deep hole known as breakups. Listen, breakups are difficult. Breakups are weird. Uh, sometimes to cope, you eat an entire meat lover's pizza three nights in a row. Other times, maybe you sleep with a bunch of people that you shouldn't have. Um, it can be really anything that you want it to be. It can be everything you are fearful of. But to help us sort of sort this out, we have Dorothy A.B. Johnson, who is a breakup coach, host of an amazing podcast about breakups. She's going to help us at least sort it out, kind of get to the fundamentals of the chaos of a breakup and how to maybe take the first step and realizing that it's time to get over your ex. So without further ado, grab your meat lover's pizza, all the booze you can find, and enjoy my conversation with Dorothy A.B. Johnson. This week's conversation. conversation. Dorothy A.B. Johnson, welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Thank you. I'm good. How are you doing? Um... I'm great, we'll say, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't really, I mean, what do you say, right? Like, um, yeah, I, I'm, you know, for the most part, things are grand. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of darkness going on up here, but, you know, maybe one of these episodes will we'll finally crack that nut. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, your breakup coach, Dorothy, um, for the people who don't know who you are, are not familiar, can you intro yourself and tell us who you are? Yeah. So my name is Dorothy A.B. Johnson. I go by breakup coach Dorothy. Um, I am a coach who helps people get over their ex in three months or less. Do you want like my story or do you want my intro? Um, why don't we, we'll start with the intro and then you can go right into the story or I can, uh, you know, yeah. fudge some other question for you. It's a totally up to you. I want all the information. We want to know who yeah. you really are. I can tell you all the things. Then. <laughs> so a lot of people, I mean, breakup coaches are now becoming more of a thing, but when I started breakup coaching, wasn't a thing. And they were like, WTF is that. Are we allowed to swear? Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. Fuck okay. yeah. Cool, cool. Just want to make sure. So um, a lot of people are like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> you help people break up. Sure. And um, my, I really, I became a breakup coach because I went through a very traumatic breakup or what felt like a very traumatic breakup to me at the time. Um, so I was dating this guy for about seven years and I, he had finished dental school and we moved back to Florida. So I was in Chicago, love Chicago. Um, and then he finished dental school. So where it was like time to go back to Florida, we were going, like we found a home 
and um, moved into it, all the things. And I was just super excited. I was 26 at the time. And I thought we were on like the right track for the regular societal norms situation of growing up, right? It was like grad school. We finished that. We were moving into our careers. I finally had my first big girl job in Chicago. I was like, yes, I'm amazing. And then we're moving back to Florida and um, we live in this house together for a month and I come back to Chicago for a work trip and he breaks up with me on the phone. Mm. I was like, super, well, I was, I am super stubborn. Um, I'm a Taurus. We're known to be very stubborn, loyal, grounded individuals. And I was very stubborn. So when he broke up with me on the phone, I was like, that's such a slap in the face. It's been seven years, blah, 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 blah. Like it really makes a lot of sense that he broke up with me on the phone. Looking back now, like I'm not an easy person to break up with. Um, so long story short, I was like, okay, I'm not going to pick up my things from our house until I know you're not at the house. So I'm going to find a place here in Chicago. And I got this apartment in Chicago and moved in with my suitcase and an air mattress my friend lent me. And I stayed in this empty apartment for like a month before I went back to Florida to pick up my things. And so when I moved back to, or when I went back to Florida to get my things, to move them back up to Chicago... Um, when I got there, he had put all of my stuff into the front room. And then my neighbor came over and let me know that a new girl was staying at the house every night since I had left. So this new girl had practically moved into my house and I was devastated. I mean, I was devastated already. Like I felt like I just lost my best friend, the person I was going to spend the rest of my life with the person that was like, we were kicking off life together. Um, But then I was super angry and super resentful and I felt extremely betrayed in the fact that he moved on so quickly um, and that this girl seemingly like swooped in and took the life that I had worked so hard for. So I really got to this place when I was there (laughs) picking up my things that I was like, I'm not fucking going backwards. Like I am absolutely not going to go back to the life that I had previously to him before I started dating him. And at the time he had opened me up to this new world and lifestyle that I had never been a part of before. And so I really, really, really didn't want to not be able to have that without him. And so I got really committed and determined to figuring out how to make a life bigger and better than the one that I had with him on my own so that no one could ever take it away from me like he did. Now, that was an interesting. <laughs> There's a lot of interesting things event. going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> Love this. Right. So I spent a year and I like Googled, how do you get over your ex? How do you forgive and let go? How do you move on when your partner's moved on quickly? I've looked at, like, I looked at all of the podcasts that were available at the time. And I didn't just like look at these things and read them and do nothing with them, I did them all. Um, I meditated. I got in the best shape of my life. Chicago was great for that. I was like Mm -hmm. super fit, super athletic. I loved all of that. I traveled. Um, I stayed busy. I journaled. Like everything that the internet gave me, I was like on board. Let's do it. Let's go. And I did it all. 
the problem was that a year and a half later, I found myself in a new relationship, um, still angry at my ex. Like I'm already in a new relationship, still angry at my ex, still making decisions based on trying to get his attention. Um, I was constantly thinking about him, constantly comparing my new partner, my, my new partner at the time, he was such a patient man. <laughs> uh, and he would be like, dude, you've got to stop comparing me to your ex. Like I am not your ex. I'm not going to do Cause all the insecurity and the jealousy stuff was coming up. Like all these repeat patterns that I saw in my past relationship were here in this new relationship with this guy who had never done anything wrong. Um, and the anger and resentment was just like eating me from the inside out. Like I looked great from the outside. Everyone's like, you're doing so great. That's so awesome. And but it was just all lies. Like on the inside of me, I just felt so angry and so resentful still. And that's when I knew something was wrong. Um, so I continued my <laughs> journey down the Googles and I was open to all feedback from friends, family, whoever wanted to like send me information about how to be better about this. And my friend had sent me a podcast called The Life Coach School. And um, this podcast is by a woman named Brooke Castillo, and she talks about how thoughts create feelings. And even though I grew up with a psychologist dad and I have my master's in industrial organizational psychology, I had never heard someone take psychology principles and concepts and make them so, what's the word, tangible. And so when she told me that my thoughts and my thoughts, like the optional sentences in my brain were the reason I was still experiencing so much anger and resentment. I realized that all of the things that I was learning about online about how healing just takes time or just to go no contact, like all of that was bullshit. And all of it was treating breakup symptoms, not necessarily the root cause, which is looking at the desire that you have for your ex, the attachment that you have for your ex, and any other emotions that are going along with it. And all of that can be cleared up through changing the thoughts and rewiring your brain. Um, and I was like, I want to do heartbreak differently. This is amazing. This is, everyone in the world needs to know this. And at that point, I had already had people starting to like reach out, asking me what I did um, to get through my breakup, what were the things that they could do, all of this stuff. And I was like, I just need to turn this into a business. I need to become a breakup coach because this is what I'm passionate about. And that's when I created the Braveheart movement and my business. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, there's no. my really long story about no, who that's, I am. <laughs> that's fucking phenomenal. Uh, you know, so, it's not an easy question to answer, right? Um, Someone asks you, who are you? <laughs> Tell us your story. It's like, shit, you know? Fuck. It's like, how much time uh, you got? Because I could go on forever. We have all the time in the world. Um, and the listeners, the viewers of this show um, are really awesome in the sense that they've been listening to, um, or so the analytics tell me, they've been listening to like episodes as a whole, which is really great. Um, That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So yeah, so the 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 people viewing and listening to the show are curious about people's stories. That's what the analytics tell me at least, right? So I'm very happy that you brought all bring all of yourself. I love that. So um yeah. I'm glad to to have you and I'm glad to have your your story like 
kind of on record now so we can dive in wherever we want. I have so many questions. So first of all, jump back to the very beginning. This this uh, this guy broke up with you on the phone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's just start right there. You guys live together. You leave for Chicago for a work trip, correct? And he breaks up yeah. with you on the phone. Yes. What, mm-hmm. what, what's that about? I know, right? It's so I kind of like chalk it up to he did the best that he could and his best was really terrible. Mm. Um, And honestly, though, it really makes like a lot of sense retroactively looking back at it because we had gone through a breakup before and we had had a lot of uncomfortable conversations. And at the time, I was very reactive to my emotions. If I experienced a really negative emotion, I would go into panic mode trying to fix it. And a lot of ways that I would fix it were really psycho and really just crazy, like doing crazy shit, saying like crazy shit. I'm trying to – like there was one time I was at like this thing called Brew at the Zoo in Kentucky. Mm. That's where mm-hmm. he went to dental school. And um, I felt jealous about something and I was obviously intoxicated And the way I went about fixing it was like walking away from the crowd and like hoping that he would follow me and then getting mad at me or then getting mad at him for following me. Like (laughs) just stupid shit, like causing problems so that he could fix them so that I could feel better. And that was like my usual self. I, I was just like really disastrous and very reactive to my emotions and I would do very psycho things. So when he broke up on me on the phone, of course, I was fucking livid, like super pissed. I'm just like, dude, I was there two days ago. I was at home two days ago and I'm going to be home in literally six days. And you couldn't do it before we left and you couldn't do it when I got home. Like that makes zero sense. But it makes a lot of sense because breaking up with me on the phone, number one, you don't have to see my facial expression. Yeah. You don't have to see my facial expression. You don't have to stay on the phone if I go psycho. Uh, there's like, you could, I don't know. It's just like an easy way to avoid conflict. Yeah. You say, Hey, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't really have a lot of reasons other than the fact that I'm just not sure we're going to get married. And I don't want you to move here if you're not going to get married, even though I'd already moved there, but it's beside the point. Uh (laughs) Right. So it's like, and then he can just hang up and Mm -hmm. go about his day. Yeah, that was extremely calculated. I mean, I don't have to tell you, but just for the for the audience, like that, uh, he moved the impact zone, if you will, to you know six, five, whatever, however many states away, away from him, mm-hmm. and then brought in new girl in the house. Right, this is totally planned, totally calculated. Obviously, he knew how you were, and 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 props, right? Props to you for realizing and admitting and saying that you walked away in the hopes that he would follow so then you could fucking get pissed right because that's so that's so many relationships that are sort of in in trouble it's like um i'm mad at you because you didn't follow me and then if you follow it's like why are you following me it's like so you know and and men do it women do it equally um Mm -hmm. and it's so nasty because in my humble opinion people don't um do what you just did and say i'm doing this because i want this but i really don't want that so i that way i'm going to get mad at you or whatever like that's fucking giant so i feel like um was then taking ownership like you just did did that become a part of your um repertoire then 
Oh yeah. A hundred percent. It like, I really leaned into emotional maturity around like, I'm the one that's responsible for my feelings, regardless of what anyone else does in the world. Mm. And that freed me up in so many relationships and my friendships, my family, my um, romantic partnerships. It just makes everything so much easier because I'm not, I don't have any expectations that someone else has to do something to make me feel better. And I'm not reliant on them showing up in a certain way. All they have to do is be there for me to love. And when I love on them, I'm the one that gets to experience love regardless of what they're doing. And that's helped me in so many relationships because I have, you know, family, like sometimes family can be really psycho and hard and difficult. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, you you can show up like that. I love you for that. That's who you are. And I just get to love on you. And I have no expectations of you guys. Yeah. I mean, also too, have we thought about maybe the reason why he 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 was calculating and and um kind of maniacal a little bit about the planning of the brain? Maybe it's just because he's a dentist. Like <laughs> den- dentists like love pain or something. I don't know. I mean, so there were a couple of things going on, actually, that I think it like, number one, we had like a twofold move. Like I had to move my stuff to Kentucky first and then move my stuff to Florida. And I'm wondering if at some point he was like, oh my gosh, well, maybe it will work out. Maybe once we're living together again, like things will be easier or different. And so we move into this house, but we're only there for a month and we've barely unpacked and like we've been busy doing a bunch of things. Um, but I have no idea when the new girl came into the picture, but mm. like none of it really matters anymore sure. either. So it's kind of like, mm, I don't know. But have you ever, I mean, how many breakups have you experienced? Oh, and did, did any of them happen on the phone? Um, so I have had like serious breakups, like adult breakup. Well, I don't know what the fuck we're calling them. They're all kind of childish, but, um, it's a breakup, um, adult relationship. I've had two that, um, were, uh, well, w- one in particular was insanely painful, right? Um, it felt like someone had died. It was really, really bad. And it lasted a long time. Then I had another one that was pretty bad. I mean, like, you know, um, drinking every night, like just blasting Frank Ocean and Drake nonstop, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, painful, like coming to in like random bar bathrooms with random women, like what's go- what, like the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Um, did I smoke a cigarette? Like, you know, I don't smoke, you know, <laughs> whatever. Right. Like, oh, no, um, that whole kind of thing. Um, and then the other sort of like couple uh, were like welcome. Right. They're mm-hmm. kind of like this should happen. This needs to happen. This is healthy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's my and I can get deeper into it if you want. It's totally up to you. But really just those two, the like meteorite that split me in half. And then sort of like the next couple years down the road, it was another one. I was like, fuck. This yeah. Was the one that cut you in half, like the first one that you experienced? So, um, it, it, that's interesting because I had this sort of, um, I had many women in my life. Um, and various stages of relations. Some were just sort of like flings and, and, and we were, and I've always been really open about it. 
I worked in nightlife for a really long, long time. And that was sort of, um, there's just always like availability for people to hook up and all these things. Right. Um, and it was great. So I had, I had, I had sort of felt almost immortal to this sort of, um, pain of, of really caring about someone and along came a spider. Right. Um, mm -hmm. basically, basically. And yeah. we, uh, before I knew it, I was like, I remember there was a moment, it was in the club, I was throwing a party, I just got off stage from like introducing a DJ or something, there was some interaction. And like, I remember I turned away from her to go do whatever I was doing, you know, buy shots for a sorority or something or whatever, right? Um, and uh, I remember having this realization like, fuck, like I'm in trouble. <laughs> Like I'm in fucking trouble. Like it's either we just change our name and move to fucking Columbia right now, <laughs> never look back, or we're going down the fucking hellhole. Yeah. So we went down mm -hmm. the hellhole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so would you say that you're the person that gets broken up with or the one that does the breaking up more? So um, interestingly enough, I feel like I never really let it get to a point where it needs to be a breakup although they're like little mini breakups sometimes because mm -hmm. you can communicate with someone and maybe they don't want to hear it or maybe you're not communicating well mm -hmm. um but i'm always like trying to insulate myself like hey this isn't serious like we're <laughs> we're just sleeping with each other we're, we're just you know friends with Bun or whatever right but eventually yeah. so there's a lot of that um mm -hmm. The two times that 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 were like doozies, right? I was definitely I was broken up with for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but usually I'm the one that doesn't I don't even let it get to that point. You know, mm, I'm sort yeah. of an, an avoidant fucking nightmare, pretty, pretty, pretty much. <laughs> At least you know that about yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm very self-aware, you know? Yeah. And so, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm putting it out here for everybody. I don't I mean, it's just how, how I am. I can't really do anything about it. I could try harder, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. You could change it if you wanted to, but maybe you don't. Yeah, I'm like, and someone, um, a previous guest uh, had a whole, th approached me about taking her class and doing all of her things. And I was like, get away from me. Like, because I could feel like this thing inside, like hanging out, like, don't you dare, like this demon. Don't like, touch it. <laughs> exactly. Like then the show's going to suck, like, or whatever. So, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I maybe one day. You know, but um, I also am like kind of tired of like making excuses for it too. It's like mm -hmm. I kind of present like, hey, this is how I am, mm -hmm. blah, 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 take it or leave it, you know? Yeah. So, and mm -hmm. people do. They like to be like, yeah. no, no thanks, <laughs> or mm -hmm. okay, <laughs> whatever. So, yeah, that's where exactly. we're at. Yeah, um, totally. Um, so, yeah, so that's my thing. Um, with you, how long did it take? from breakup, right? So you the, the dentist does his devious bullshit, Dr. Giggles or whatever we're calling him. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, and then, <laughs> and then um, you're sort of like trying all these things, right? You're meditating, you're doing the fucking, uh, what do they call it? A sage, you're saging everything, yeah, you're like, all whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, Cause you're like, I'm in pain and I, this is, please stop, this hurts, <laughs> help yeah. me. Mm -hmm. um, and you're doing all of that. 
Yeah. How long did did you like? What was the realization? Like, shit, I'm gonna start a business. Well, how long was that time frame? Couple years, months? Yeah, probably like two years. Cause it was mm. a year and a half that I was experiencing a lot of anger and resentment. Like a year and a half later, I was still experiencing all the bullshit, and I still wasn't over it. Um, and then at that year and a half mark is when I realized it was all my thoughts. Blah 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 blah. I got coached on it, changed my fucking life, mm. and. Then I was like, okay, this is what we're doing. At around year two, I was like, I am absolutely going to be a coach. And this is what I was brought here to do. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and and like right away, what were some of the things that you noticed that were difficult about being a breakup coach? Ooh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, breakups are hard, right? So like the business of breakups can't be very easy either. Well, right. It's like, I feel like the business stuff was the hardest stuff. Like coming up with the program that I offered was easy. And I knew all of the things that were missing out in the world. Um, And I knew how to talk to my people because I had just experienced it. And I knew the verbiage and and the words and I knew what people were Googling and all of that stuff. I think the hard part is kind of what you talk, and and then I got my life coach certification, so that was that also helped me not only to have my background in psychology, but then I had practical and tangible tools to use for coaching, which felt very different than my psychology background. And I think the hardest part was like setting up your business, learning how to be a business person within the coaching industry. Um, So the first couple of problems is like, how do you attain clients? that's a thing you have to do to be able to be a coach. <laughs> right. Um, and then I feel like after that, things flowed pretty well um, once I started my podcast. And then it became like once I started scaling and getting big, I think the harder parts were like, fuck, I am a coach. And all of a sudden I'm like dropped in this multiple six-figure business. Like I don't know what the – like. I'm not a CEO. Like it was a whole self-concept situation of like recognizing like I'm a CEO and I have to learn how to run a business. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the like one of the really, really tough things for me was kind of switching into the self-concept of a CEO from a coach. Right. Because you, I nothing can prepare you for when you're like, in the fucking driver's seat going a thousand miles an hour. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, you segued perfectly into your podcast. Um, talk about your podcast because it's pretty fascinating. Oh my God. I fucking love my podcast. <laughs> it's gold. Like it is absolute gold. It's everything that I've ever wanted when I was experiencing heartbreak. Um, I, interestingly enough, I'm not typically someone who listens to podcasts just to hear conversations. I much more like prefer podcasts where I'm like, this is the problem I need. Help me solve it. Give me tangible next steps and how to's. So when I first set out on podcasting journey, um, I wanted to give them the how to and the next step. So I called it how to get over your ex because that's what I was Googling. And Every single episode, except for the interview episodes, has a problem, a solution, and next steps. So it's very clear about like, here's the problem we're talking about today. Here's the solution, the very specific solution. And here are the next steps that you can take to actually apply what I'm talking about. 
um, in your life so that you can see a result, so that you can see a change, so that you can see a shift in your own being, in your own reality. Um, And then once I had a lot of episodes doing that, I started bringing on Bravehearts who had done my program and started talking about their experience so that people could see themselves if they didn't have a story that was specific to mine. Because a lot of times I'm sharing my story about how I was the one that left or that I was the one that was left and he moved on quickly and this, that, and the other. So um, yeah, it kind of turned into that, but love it. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing because people are uh, Googling, right? How do I get over my ex? And then guess what comes up? Your podcast. So brilliant fucking marketing move, right? But also pretty brilliant for the people who need a goddamn solution. Um, Right. Also brilliant because you provided us with another segue um amazing I'm, I, I'm, you, can you come on every week or what um so, <laughs> yeah, so so yeah so um that being said right what are some tangible basic things if someone's like fuck me i just got broken up with why who is she what you all the things right mm-hmm. yeah. where do they start to the process of um you know Well, a simple question that I like to ask people is, what are you making the breakup mean about you? What are you making the words your ex said about you? Like, what are you making that mean? Because in my situation, him moving on quickly, I was making it mean that clearly he never loved me. And that's an optional story that was causing a lot of long-term suffering because you have the pain of the heartbreak. Like that's painful. That's just going to be normal. That's like you said, if someone dies, of course, someone close to you dies, of course, you're going to experience grief, loss, sadness, all of that. And I don't think that that's necessarily an optional component. That's kind of a necessary thing that you're going to have to learn to move through. But the part that's not necessary is the suffering. And the suffering is the optional part. And that is created by the stories you have about the breakup and what you're making the breakup mean about you. Like clearly I wasn't loved. I wasn't good enough. He chose her over me. Um, All of that extra bullshit that your brain is just feeding you on repeat is what's keeping you in suffering and dragging out the process. Um, The second thing that I like to talk about that I think is really important to touch on is desire and attachment because that is the real root of getting over your ex. If you no longer have desire for your ex, things like no contact or contact don't fucking matter. Because if you don't have the desire for your ex, you're not concerned about whether or not you should contact this individual. Or when they reach out to you, you're not like, oh my God, what do I do? It's (laughs) like you just no longer have the desire or an attachment to that person. And What people don't recognize is that desire and attachment are created through the optional thoughts you choose to believe. So an example of this, Mm. I love ice cream. Ice cream is in almost all of my analogies. So thinking about ice cream for a second, if I describe ice cream to you and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's my favorite food. It's ooey gooey. It melts in my mouth perfectly. We've got the chocolatey chunks with the, the caramel. It's so delicious. It sounds very desirable, right? You know who's anti-ice cream? Ooh, who? The dentist. The dentist just, is just, anti-ice just cream. Just saying. <laughs> so good, so good. Okay, so that sounds very desirable. Whereas if I describe ice cream as simply sugar and milk, 
not yeah. as desirable. Gross. Both are equally as true, but I can describe it in a way where it's less desirable and therefore I don't have this strong urge to go eat the ice cream. And it's kind of like, um, you can kind of relate it to almost like binge eating or dieting where you can have the ice cream in the freezer. And if you reduce your desire, it doesn't matter if the ice cream's in the freezer or not versus taking the ice cream and like leaving it at the grocery store you could still go get it. But if you don't have the desire for it, it's just like not a problem. And that's where I want people, like that's what I want people addressing versus using all of these like weird tactics to like solve for breakup symptoms. Right. Does that make sense? No, it makes complete sense because you, you know, for a year or however long, again, we're like doing yoga at a specific time when the moon was just right and all these things. Cause you, again, <laughs> you, you were just in pain and you wanted it to stop. Um, yeah. and, and you'll do anything to, to make it stop. But then it, for you to go back through and sort of design this thing, like, Hey, I've been fucking through it. I was doing yoga in the moonlight with a weird hat on or whatever. Right. And I, so that didn't work, but this is what I, or whatever. So yes, it yeah. makes complete marvelous sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, from there, so it it seems like there is a lot of advice out there, right? Like there's handfuls of things, um, that people do and, and I want to run through some of them and you can sort of say no or yes, it doesn't matter. Right. But like okay. you, you brought, you brought it up like, like blocking, like com cutting someone out completely. I, okay. Mm -hmm. So I've done this. I've done this mm -hmm. one. Um, it was when it got to a certain point, yada, yada, right? Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Whatever. But is that something that is healthy? Is that something that you recommend that they... It, so here's the thing. It works and it sometimes it only works temporarily though. So for some people, blocking feels healthy and it's coming from the right place and they're like, yes, and they just do it once and it's not a problem. It's one and done. It's like, cool. Right. But for those of you who might be blocking and unblocking and blocking and unblocking and then like, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? Like, like mind fucking with it. You're just like doodling with it. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's just like a waste of your time and you're spending more time focusing on your ex and what you focus on, you will create more of. So if you're all wrapped up in the drama of no contact, contact, I say, fuck the contact, no contact, just dive into the desire. Just dive into what you're making the breakup mean about you. Mm -hmm. Look at the real problems here and not be like fucking around with so, like many solutions for the symptoms. Yeah. Like trying to boil all your spoons for silver bullets or something or, you know, or whatever. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And another one, an <laughs> another one is that, um, People always are like, oh, God, I, I'll get over it, but I just need closure. I just need some yeah. closure uh, or whatever, right? Like, what, what's your thoughts on closure? Yeah, so closure is a decision, not a conversation. And I think people get that kind of confused. They think I have to have a conversation to then decide to believe something, when in reality, you can just decide to believe something that helps you move forward. Yeah, I mean that's very simply, uh, simply put, right? Um, I have an entire workshop on it, and there's an entire podcast episode yeah. on it. It's like a very because here's the thing too: is a lot of times when people are seeking closure, they're in like question fatigue and decision debt, 
where they're constantly asking questions of like, what about this? Or if I only knew this from my ex or like, he needs to tell me why, or like, I have, I'm wondering like why he did what he did when he did it. For me, I could, there was like a million and one questions I could have had, but instead of asking him all those questions, I decided he did the best he could and it was fucking awful. And if that's the best he could do, I want nothing to fucking do with it. Yeah. Period. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with breakups is, and this again, lends itself very nicely to this next piece, but, um, you know, when I look back on the times that I finally did get over something or moved on from something, maybe not even necessarily a breakup, but in this case, we'll say a breakup. Um, it was a, it was a, a decision. It was a choice. There was like a mental, um, yes, I will do that. And I will stick to that kind of thing. Right. But I feel like in the beginning, that's impossible. And you can disagree with me. however, cause you're the expert. That's why you're here, but breakups. And I guess the question is, um, a, why do breakups feel like extreme trauma, mental illness, right? And two, um, before you can make a decision to move on, do you just kind of have to like absorb that shock and just go to, you know, all you can drink nights with your buddies or like what? I mean. <laughs> yeah. So this is like a multi. So if I don't answer any of your direct sure. questions, just let me know. But I'm going to go with this flow that I'm thinking might make sense. So. Getting over your ex happens in a moment. You just kind of talked about it where you get to that moment of decision, clarity, and like, I'm done. I'm committed to this decision. That moment happens after you address kind of four phases. And the time period of moving through these four phases can be drastically different for everyone because I've seen it over thousands of people at this point. Um, the longest being three months and then the short, well, and I say three months once you start working with me, but it could have been like five years, 10 years. I've seen all of it, but as short as like five days, but you have to hit like four very important phases. Number one, you've got to learn how to feel uncomfortable. You've got to learn how to get comfortable with discomfort recognizing that emotions and feelings are not problems to be solved, but experiences to be had. And many of us have a lot of scary stories about experiencing emotion. Like this is going to last forever. I'm going to downward spiral into a terrible like depression. Um, and we've got to address all of that and we've got to get comfortable and like, okay, and know that we're safe experiencing whatever emotions are coming up. The second phase is looking at what you're making the breakup mean about you, which all has to boil down to what is the relationship I have with myself? Am I believing other people's opinions about me more than I'm believing like in myself? And then the third one is all about closure, which we've kind of touched on already, but deciding that you want to create closure for yourself, answering the questions that you have from your ex and rewriting your breakup story in a way that leaves you feeling empowered and proud and excited and powerful versus distraught, angry, resentful, devastated, hopeless, all of that. And then the last phase is you really have to look at what are your disempowering stories about your future. And that is really important because to me, getting over your ex isn't just about getting over someone. It's about building a life that is bigger and better than the one that you had with your ex on your own. 
it doesn't mean you're on your own forever. It doesn't mean you don't have a partner or desire to create something bigger with someone else, but you create this epic, beautiful Sunday so that when someone comes to join you, it's just the cherry on top. And if that cherry on top rolls off the Sunday, it's no big deal. Um, so once you address those disempowering stories about the future, like this is impossible, what I really want is, isn't available to me. My capability isn't there, whatever that is, then that really completes that. And the aha moment of getting over your ex can happen kind of anywhere in that process. And then the rest of it solidifies. Does that make sense? I know that's like a long winded answer, but (laughs) Again, um, you're the professional. This is your episode. We're we're celebrating you and your work on Sex Party today. Um, and I think people <laughs> um, will pull a lot fr- from that because what you're saying in a round, round, roundabout way uh, with all of the exposition, right, is, is that um, – you have to, at least what I'm hearing, right? And I could be totally like, what, this guy's an idiot. But um, what I'm hearing is that uh, you have to get to a place where you're, that's it. There's no, there's no turning back. Like we are committed, we're doing this and, it, and, it, and it's different for everybody. That's basically what I'm hearing. Yeah, because it's like your ex could or could not come back, but what are you going to do in the meantime? Like you're going on, like you're living life. You're going forward regardless. So what do you want to do with the time, regardless of whether or not your ex comes back? Yeah. I mean, that's what it really, truly, like pragmatically, right? Like if you could remove the emotion from it, that's what you would see. It's like, yo, you know, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Um, but I, I do think for most people, uh, it's just like that shock, that initial shock. And people can get get like sort yeah. of caught in that for a while. Um, and pull down and then that can just fucking spiral, right? Like you like ice cream, right? Well, maybe someone's coping mechanism is fucking Baskin and Robbins for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know? Maybe they're mixing yeah. some fucking <laughs> rum in there with their Jamocha fucking walnut <laughs> shake, yeah. you know? So, mm-hmm. and those things can lead to like all sorts of fucking trauma that you're self-inducing. We've all had the bad breakups. Fuck, I woke up in like a in like a walk-in closet uh, for a week and a half after one of those breakups I mentioned. Thank God it was my walk-in closet, right? (laughs) A lot better than the public bathroom with the two girls. I had no idea who they were. You know what I mean? Like, so, so we've all, we've all done these, these things. And I think that you bring uh, a light to it, if you will. um, That sort of is like, Hey, yo, look over here. This is what you're doing this is what you you can do if you choose to. And I think that's very cool. Yeah. And I think it's like, it really has to be if you choose to, if you align to and if you want to, because like you said, sometimes people aren't there yet and some people aren't like ready and that's not a problem. They will be when their time is ready and when they're down to like make a change. Right. Um, So my next question sort sort of kind of kind of plays a little bit into that, but like what have you noticed with the pandemic, right? And breakups? Yeah, it exploded. Um, yeah, my business exploded during the <laughs> pandemic. Um I it bet. was a very interesting time because a lot of people were stuck together living with their exes, which prior to that, I had done a lot of work around exes working together. So a lot of that kind of translated, but it was a very interesting time. Yeah. Because you had to learn how to live with your ex 
And there were a lot of circumstances that were outside of our control that used to be inside of our control um, that we had to recognize and realize like we still had wiggle room with them when we changed our thoughts and our feelings. Um, But it was, yeah, I guess my main word for that is it was interesting. (laughs) Is that continuing? Are more people breaking up now because they realize things about their partner or themselves that they, they can't look away from now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. And I personally went through a breakup during the pandemic, actually. Um, But I think the beautiful part of the pandemic was it forced things that were already there to the surface. So it just escalated the timeline for a lot of individuals. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think a lot of times it was like, oh, cool, fresh start. I mean, we're seeing it with jobs, right? Like there was a bunch of people who didn't like what they were doing who then lost their jobs and now they get to like figure out what it is that they actually want to do. Right. Some of them floundered in that mess and some of them really like propelled and like moved forward and really found out what they wanted to do with their life. And I think that that's amazing, but it's kind of the same thing with relationships is like, it becomes very clear what you're willing to, what you're, I shouldn't say willing, becomes very clear as to what you actually want in a partner. Yeah, so the the pandemic pretty much made the decision for them, whether it was their job or or their relationship, because it is sort of like, um, you know, when you're in a relationship and it, and you know it's over, kind of or unhealthy or you're, you whatever, um, you kind of like look down one day and it's like, oh god, how long has this fucking sword been coming through the other, you know, through my back and out my <laughs> rib cage, right? But then you sort of like learn how to move in the kitchen with it. You sort of just figure it out, right? Because if you remove the sword, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, yes, you'll be free mm-hmm. of that pain. You'll have a scar, you know, whatever. But but the thing that I always come back to, and with anything in life, right, is like people, it, it seems insane, but, um, you know, myself being a human, I think, uh, it, it, I'm guilty of the same thing, but people prefer like a suffering that's familiar over the unknown. Oh yeah. Which is ter- terrifying. Yeah, the comfort and, yeah. and familiarity. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a hundred percent. Right. Okay. So basically this summer is going to be like a hot everyone summer is what you're saying. Everyone's yeah. single. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's going to yep. go bonkers finally. And everyone's probably worked on them. Well, maybe not everyone, but I feel like a lot of people that I'm surrounded by, I'm like, everyone's put in a lot of self-work on themselves, gone inwards a little bit more than they might have, less buffering happening because they can't just like go out and distract with friends and travel and drinking and all the things. I mean, I guess we could still drink inside, (laughs) but at least in Chicago, it's way more fun to drink outside. Yeah. And that's the thing is like last summer, it was kind of like, uh, I'm going to start this up and then it exploded. It's like, well, it didn't start. Now it's like, okay, we kind of know how that went. Let's do it this way now. And like, so I I do feel like, especially here in Chicago, that people are going to just fucking lose their mind. And I love that there's less of a filter now because it's like, you know, uh, time is finite. Everyone suddenly just realizes that, but that's, you know, it's a pandemic, right? It like kind of, everyone uses the term reset, but there really isn't a better term for it. It's kind of like, okay, now we know this, this, and this, let's fucking get to it. Shots right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, and I love that. Um, which means that in the fall, your business will explode again, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
Oh, that's so good. That's right. Funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, is there are, are there times throughout the year that are busier for you, like Christmas or something, or like is there some fucking huge break? Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's funny. Valentine's Day is pretty busy. We have a Braveheart festival that happens. Um, Christmas for sure. Christmas. So this year I did things different. This past Christmas I did things differently because normally, like in the past, this is like very business related. So. I apologize. Sure, business it I'm up. not interested in this. But but in the past, so for the first year or so, I was doing one-on-one. So it was technically I was like open at all times unless I was full and I couldn't take on clients and you had to sign onto a wait list. And then you had like a little bit of a lag time to get started with me. And then I moved into groups. And then when I was doing groups, it was like launch where it would be like it's open and then it's closed and it's open and then it's closed. So it's hard to see patterns then because it's open and I have this huge influx, but it's the influx is because it's open, you know what I mean? But then during Christmas um, of last year, I decided to create a program that's always open. So now it's set up in the way that it's always open because breakups don't happen just four times a year. (laughs) Uh, So so that anyone can join at any point. And that was the beauty during Christmas time and New Year's is it was like, I'm not technically on, um, you know, selling or doing any kind of like real marketing that wasn't planned way in advance or anything like that. But people could still purchase the program, watch the videos and dive into all of the information um, while they were in like the thick of it, even if I was on vacation. Sure. So that was super beneficial to them. And I was really happy I was able to like provide that to people. But Christmas time is actually, it's really weird. People break up with people on Christmas day or the day before. (laughs) And it just like blows my fucking mind. Like you really couldn't wait five days. Like where are you going? Like on a trip or something? I'm just confused, but I'm not really confused. It makes a lot of sense. They don't want to drop the money for the gifts, man. That's what it's that's yeah. what it's about. <laughs> or they don't want to travel to family functions, that's, I, things that's like that. Giant. Mm-hmm. See, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would think the busiest season would for you would be like right now. Cause everyone's like in the fucking mm-hmm. gym, like on a cleanse, like single for you know, yeah. summer, like trying to whatever. Hot exactly. Girl summer, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and I feel like everybody is just dumping their like, oh, it's it's almost May. I gotta get get rid of Todd <laughs> or whatever, whatever, right? <laughs> I got to look good, feel yeah. good, and get rid of whatever's weighing exactly. me down. Yeah. Especially now because we've been inside for fucking feels like five years, right? So, like, I would just imagine right. you hired a million other people to, like, help you with, like, the paperwork alone, so right? Good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, the paperwork. <laughs> it's like, what do we do on paper these days? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Um, yeah, I mean, just because – you know, everyone goes on and on. And then, you know, the fall is like cuffing season. Well, like this is like everything's like ultra high. Like you might get like two single seasons out of it, like spring. And then I'm still not going. I'm not. I don't want a relationship, you know, so and then whatever. Yeah. So, yeah fall. then fall. It's amazing. Um, OK, so moving into some of like this more sexual stuff about breakups. Right. So. Listen, um, again, I think I'm a human being. Uh, I'm just going to speak for all of us human beings to you on this one. Um, Sometimes, most of the time, um, sex with your ex is like better than like makeup sex with a partner, right? It's like, we shouldn't (laughs) be doing this. God, I hate you. And then let's put some crack in there, right? It's like, really... (laughs) So, yes, so real, like, though. let's talk mm-hmm. about that. Is that yes? 
Mm-hmm. Again, we're human here. No one's judging. We've all done it, right? Mm-hmm. It feels great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, bad idea? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Not ideal if you're trying to get over them. If you're like, I don't know. Because here's the thing. If you're trying to get over someone, you're trying to reduce the desire for them. And like, there's just natural chemicals that are happening in your body when you're having sex that create a lot of desire for that person, obviously, clearly, right? So, and especially too, I think it's easier to get attached. I remember my mom, this is really TMI, but my mom told me in the very beginning, she was like, whoever you like, Dorothy, don't have sex with them because you will get attached. (laughs) I'm like, mom, so I'm just never going to have sex with people that I like. I I should only have sex with people I don't like. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, So I do agree with that statement, though, is it's easy to get attached and it's easy to increase your desire with someone if you're having sex with them. Um, So if you're trying to not do that, if you're trying to reduce desire and if you're actually trying to get over someone, then yes, I would strongly encourage not having sex with your ex. So there are a couple of things, tools that I could suggest to you. So I have an entire episode called Breakup Protocols. If you're doing this, go listen to that episode and create a breakup <laughs> protocol around this. Be- <laughs> like an emergency button. <laughs> to help guide yourself. And here's the other thing too, is if you do decide to have sex with your ex, don't be a fucking asshole to yourself about it. Like, just don't. I hope everyone's listening. If you want to get like... <laughs> Yeah, like if you want to get logistic, like be like proactive about it, do an evaluation about it. Be like, what went well in this situation? What didn't go well? What might I do differently next time? Like you (laughs) do an evaluation if you find yourself being an asshole to yourself afterwards. Because like you just mentioned, it's human. You are normal. That is a normal thing. And that isn't something to be like mean to yourself about. And the more asshole you are towards yourself, the more you perpetuate the actual problem, because you're probably going to go back to that person being like, oh, I want them to make me feel better because I feel like an asshole because I'm treating myself like an asshole. Right. Yeah. It's like a cycle kind of you like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. well, I mean, it, it, it's just one of those things that happens. Right. And it affects people differently. You know, obviously some of us are more sociopathic probably like myself where you can just detach or whatever. (laughs) But, um, you know, again, we're all human, I think. And it's like, um, you know, people do really beat the shit out of themselves. But like, I also think that we downplay, um, how good sex feels mentally, physically, all of the stuff. Right. And so when you have that plus like, Oh, it's this thing that's been hurting me. And there's a little bit of anger there and a little bit of it's, you know. Yeah. It's a reward loop in your brain, right? So like this used to be like a dopamine hit. Like this individual used to be a reward loop that is literally like tied in your brain. And so think about when you have this reward that you're seeking, it's almost like sugar, right? Like if you go a week without sugar, you're craving it really hard until you get over that hump of not having it long enough that you don't want it anymore. And so if you get one little sip of sugar, you're like, oh my God, I want all of the sugar. And so then that's where those like really strong urges come into play. It's because it's just a regular human brain thing. Yeah. Plus like, 
it's the makeup sex factor where it's like, you're not just mad at this person. Now you hate them and now you get to have sex with them. So there's a little anger kind of like <laughs> thing going on there. Everybody loves that too. So you add that in, it's like, help me. It's like a shark in the water with blood, right? Like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. That's why there's always that call afterwards. Like you didn't sleep with them. Did you Susie? And they're like, <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> god damn it you know it's like like you could stop your you know whatever yeah. so i it's a very natural yeah. thing and i feel like you know you, you you um you laid it out there really well uh no pun intended um <laughs> um so so the other thing and i've had lots of conversations and everyone's got their thing right um but a lot of people um like will masturbate to their exes after the fact and i've heard multiple opinions on this and you're i feel like you're the you're the authority to ask because for some people i do feel like oh it's been this amount of time i get it maybe it feels like because it really did happen it's like you know better than than a celebrity or something like that so i understand the, the mentality of that but again if you're trying to get over someone <laughs> right yeah Right. Yeah. I have the same answer that I do about the sex thing because it's just like, if your intention, if your like goal that you're working towards, <laughs> it's like, it's like saying, it's like saying, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a triathlon. And then you you go eat like a burger. Yeah. I can't have any carbs. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like it just goes against your goal. And I know that maybe like some people find it weird that it would be a goal to get over your ex, but it really is like, it really like you have to make a decision to decide to get over someone, commit to that decision. And when you're committed to something, if you're committed to a partner, you're not, hopefully you're not making out with exes. You're not making out with other people or other, right? So it's like you make a decision and then you commit if you're in a, not an open yeah, relationship, <laughs> right? But if you decide, you commit, and then you practice that decision. So I would feel like masturbating to an ex is just not practicing your decision and sure. your commitment. Sure. Yeah. Whereas if it's been a few years or months or weeks or whatever, and you're over it, and it's just something you do because you're, you like it, then sure. Great. Do it up. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Be well, because I've had that conversation with quite a few women and they're like, mm -hmm. I, I just, it's just something that just gets me off like that. Cause it's, I think it's cause I am like, actually, I never really thought about like why I do it. I just do it. And I'm like, huh, does your boyfriend know? <laughs> like I'm always cur <laughs> curious or whatever. Um, yeah. uh, so we, I've had a lot of those, those conversations, you know, and I think it's, listen, I'm someone who's kind of like, it's all normal. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, and you know, and and we've all been there. We've all been to these places that that you've yeah. been to, and everybody deals with it differently. It's just good to have you, so you can kind of say, "Ah, wait a minute, let's not, mm -hmm. let's not do that just yet, or whatever." Um, yeah. Okay, so celebrities, right? What makes celebrity breakups different besides the obvious, right? There's a thousand people in the fucking bushes with cameras <laughs> and all that, right? But like. They seem to be more devastating and you seem to see more craziness, right? You seem to see more like on again, off again sort of thing. So I'm wondering if you can talk about celebrity breakups from your perspective. Yeah. So I think that I don't, I don't know if they're that different. I genuinely am like, I feel like the 
the components that I would say are different are all the really obvious ones. Like they have a million people's judgments and opinions that they have sometimes if they're looking at them, will have to filter through and decide what are my own opinions and what are my own judgments about the situation. Um, I mean, I've worked with a lot of non-celebrity individuals and their heartbreaks seem as devastating as any celebrities that I might've worked with. So it's like, I think that they're just more open and public to people that it seems that way. But I'm like, and the other part is like the drama infused with it gets amplified by the collective. I'm a huge like spiritual person. Um, So I really am into like energy and things like that, where if the collective's energy is amplified around a situation, it's going to be harder for the individuals that it's amplified around to disassociate from that. Secondly, when we think about, um, I mean, I don't know. Do you get any negative reviews on your podcast? Not yet, but I'm sure they're coming. (laughs) Okay. So, so that's been an interesting thing for me where I'm getting negative reviews on my podcast sometimes, or people on the internet will say like things about me. A lot of the time it isn't like true. And then sometimes I'm like, I can kind of see the truth in what you're saying and trying to decipher between what's true for you versus what's true for Mm. them is a really important, and I'm not saying I'm not a celebrity by any means, but like I can only exit, like I can only imagine that for a celebrity that is like very much amplified is that people are going to have a lot of opinions and then they have to decipher if they're looking at it, they have to decipher what is my truth for this. And do I want to take on any of these other truths? Does that make sense? Yeah, it really makes sense. Actually, um, if you want to even like dive a little bit more into why somebody would um, sort of attack you or say negative things about you and there would be some truth into it, could you like just explore that a little bit more? Because I think this helps with people like getting insulted or fucking, you know, somebody talking shit in the DMs or some crazy shit. Yeah. So are you talking about like in a breakup specific example or like a non? Either or, right? Like how does someone, because breakups are negative, right? That's this negative thing that happens or whatever that we interpret it that way, at least at first. And Mm -hmm. so, so is an insult, but like, to me, whenever I see someone in my comments or like you said, like, I'm sure there's going to be negative reviews, right? I always think, yeah, I could see how this person would say that, but clearly like they chose to be a douchebag uh, and use that energy to like fuck up, try to fuck up my day. Yeah. So I'll use the podcast one because it's just like easy and it's coming to mind sure. right now. But yeah. like, so there are people on my podcast that have left negative reviews. Someone like called me an anti-vaxxer, which I have all my vaccines. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, and then I get a lot of, um, comments about my voice and how I say things. So Mm -hmm. I say, oh my God, yes, I love that. Right. And like, I use that kind of like terminology and a lot of individuals say it's insincere. Um, Mm. and then I've also gotten comments sometimes about like audio quality and then other comments about how I talk about my program too much. So deciphering all of that information, um, was a fascinating like exploration for me because the way I kind of addressed it, I was like, can I find the truth in every single one of these? And I could in almost all of them. I was like, I can see how this person might think that. 
Secondly, I had to remind myself, all of these people who are listening to my podcast are in extreme amounts of pain. You're not searching and listening to my podcast if you're hunky-dory and totally fine. Um, but then at the same time, I had to decide what are things that I are, is any of this something that I want to change about myself? Right? So, um, the anti-vaxxer thing, I'm like, I don't want to change any of my vaccinations. I don't want to do that. So I will allow that person to like say whatever they need to say. Um, the way that I speak, I don't want to change that. I really like, that's a part of who I am. Like I say yes and I love it and write to like my friends. It's probably one of the most sincere things that you would hear from me because that's how I interact with everyone in the world. Um, I, what were the other ones? I didn't want to change. Oh, the other one. So course, how much I talk about my program. I feel mixed about that because I'm like, that program is my child. (laughs) Like, yeah, and it does. That's like telling me that if I had the cure to cancer, please don't talk about it too much. And so for me, that's the cure to heartbreak. And so I'm going to preach about it for the rest of my fucking life. And maybe then that's just, they don't need to listen about it. They can fast forward through that spot. They don't have to listen to my podcast. Like there's that. And then the second one or the last one was audio quality. And when someone said that, I actually knew exactly which ones they were talking about. So I was like, I can change that. I'll just go back and re-record those episodes that she's talking about with a different mic and re-upload. Right. It's not a problem. It was like a 30-minute to an hour-long fix, and that wasn't a problem. And I agreed with her. So it's like when it, you think about that in terms of a breakup, you have to do that with the words that your ex says about you. Yeah. If your ex is like, you're a terrible person because of X, Y, and Z. I don't like this about you. I don't like that about you. You have to decide, do I like those things about me? Well, also it says a lot about the person saying all this harmful shit, right? You actually pulled some value out of it. Great. But like, let's really address the elephant in the room. This is like a fucking hater, fucking jealous, uh, hurt someone who's in pain, Mm -hmm. who's lashing out to make themselves feel better when they could have used that energy to like, I don't know, fucking Google a the other language or make a salad or a fucking brownie or I don't know, whatever the fuck. Right. I don't know. I'm just pulling stuff out of thin air at this point. Yeah. I do that a lot, but, um, they, you, they chose to use it to attack you and your program. And all they did was accidentally make you better by that much. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, and I think, I think too, we have to recognize that everyone's words come from how they're feeling. Like when someone says something, it's based off of how they're feeling and what they're thinking. And all thoughts about like boil down to ourselves. Like all your ex's thoughts have to do with him or her. And then that leads to his feelings. And then that leads to his action of leaving the relationship or saying mean things. And really it has nothing to do with you fundamentally. Yeah. I had like a a family member you know, someone say something horrific to me uh, uh, and, and I just, it sort of bounced off um, because what he was saying was, was right. It was some decision I was making, whatever, but he, the way he said it was just like, and I, and instead of if I was like 15 or something, when I heard that I would have been shattered into a million pieces. Mm. But when yeah. I heard it, I'm like, damn, that dude is just mi- probably miserable. And it didn't affect me, which is like, holy yeah. fuck that, you know, so that, so there's that. Um, and I just think it's important to look at people's, you know, where, where their bullshits. Cause at the end of the day, like 
these people are not going to sleep at night, like trying to sleep, like thinking about like, oh, that goddamn breakup coach and her audio quality. You know, they're like thinking about their fucking <laughs> life and what, whatever. They're not thinking about you, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, love that. So to cap off the celebrity bit that we went totally left on uh, and crashed um, and found a bunch of value, actually. Um don't you feel like if MGK and uh, Megan Fox break up, there's just going to be like national riots, like in every Target store across America? Or I could so see that, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. people yeah. are like, mm-hmm. in they want that. They want them to succeed because yeah. then they could, that means it's possible for them, right? And they look great, yeah. right? Yes, yes. And I think, but we have to remember that they are human beings with thoughts, feelings, and actions, just like us. Um, but yeah, they just have like the public eye on them, which puts a lot of pressure on them. Yeah. Um, and thoughts on, on, on JLo and Ben Affleck going back at it. I love JLo. She, have you watched the movie Marry Me? Um, It's so cheesy, but I am obsessed. Yeah. I like run from rom-coms. So no, I haven't seen it. (laughs) (laughs) They're like my favorite. So rom-coms are my favorite. Obviously. I feel like that's. You could just look at me and be yeah, like, yeah, you are definitely like the main character in a rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> so I love rom-coms. Um, and she did this Marry Me movie and she has this uh, song um, called Love of My Life. And it's all about how she realized that she was her own love of her life. And I'm like, yes, this is like the Braveheart <laughs> anthem. I love it so much. Right. This is so good. But yeah, I love J-Lo. I'm so down for her entire love life. So do you think they're going to make it? Oh, I hope they make it. I really want her to come onto my podcast. Do you have any idea how to get a hold of her? Um, well, you know, I would just email like a hundred times a day and just, you know, <laughs> just keep, just take the psycho route. Just go nuts, you know? Um, and you know, eventually, right. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. So to move on to this final piece, these are just some things that I'm going to say. They're different. I don't know. I I was messing with names. It's kind of a rapid fire thing, right? So I'm going to give you um, a coping mechanism, right? And then you're going to say, that's great. That's how you could say healthy or toxic, right? Okay. And then if you choose toxic, just something simple to do instead of this, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So the first one, what I like to call the circuit, which is where you go out to like the, the local... Uh, bars, clubs, casinos, like the the curb in front of the carryout, anywhere that keeps the lights on and there's someone there to to talk to or drink. Like you just kind of go in a circuit like Monday night, we're going here. And then, oh, Tuesday's got, you know, uh, unlimited wings at whatever. Then it's like, well, we're going to do shots at fucking whatever. So is that toxic or is that healthy in a breakup? I'm going to be so bad at this. I'm so sorry. I can already tell. I'm just going to say medium. Oh. Because that's I'm going to say yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I'm going to say medium because you can be intentional with it by and I would like maybe scale it back just a little bit. Give yourself like 3 nights of breathing room just to like sit with yourself, do something somewhat healthy in terms of like getting your body moving or journal or yeah. get a good night's sleep. But like if you can be intentional about it, like do it if it feels align in alignment with you do it yeah so maybe like go for it right but uh maybe bounce like the unlimited wing night like you don't need to go twice a week i mean yeah 
All right. Right? Just balance it out. a lot going on there. Um, Okay, the next one, trying to become something you think your ex would want you, would make them want you back, right? So, like, I wrote down, like, uh, like a chef or a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so bad at this, too, because I'm like, it's like a medium. Because if you want to be it, too, go for it. But if it's purely just for your ex... Don't yeah, what it. was the show where she like applied to Columbia University for her ex or whatever? Legally Blonde or whatever. Well, so there's she that one, but there's a show. I think it's Felicity back in the day. Ooh, yeah, I miss. I must have missed this. Um. One. Okay, driving by your ex's house multiple times a day, night slash night depends on if you're a night owl or not. Um. That's enough. Um, okay. That. Perfect. What do they do instead? Ooh, what do you do Something instead? Healthy. Uh, go for a drive. <laughs> for a seat like a seat go for a scenic drive mm, i don't know uh, that seems like they could, that one do it I mean, they, may, they don't might. get okay don't get in the car don't get in the car what would be more fun i don't know to me i'm so lame you just seem like such a cool person i'm like read a book <laughs> but i don't think any of your listeners are people who would like to read oh i no i think they would i just I, they totally would they're very very smart and they're like they love to go out and rip tequila shots or whatever but they're also like very well read whatever but in this scenario i you're right i don't think a book would do it i think like yeah you know, mm-hmm. um call a friend okay so phone phone a friend that's a good that's phone boom we're there that's very that's very doable right um yeah. in that same vein then uh stalking the shit out of their social media starting a fake instagram to follow your ex's story yeah create a bomb ass post where you look fire instead okay so amazing okay and um having sex with all of your ex's friends um toxic or <laughs> healthy <laughs> and what do they do instead i feel I feel medium. If you want to have sex, go find someone like super hot to have sex with. If it happens to be one of his friends. Oh, well. And it feels in alignment. I love your answers. I don't think you're boring at all. It is wonderful. I, I feel like I just, I'm so, I'm such an advocate for doing what's right for you. And I think like all the all or nothing, I'm not a, I don't subscribe, subscribe to like all or nothing either, or it's always about, and, and does it fall in alignment with you specifically? Um, so it's hard for me to answer. Yeah. So a revenge body is fucking super healthy, right? No pun intended. I I would go, yeah, I would go for a revenge body and then just make sure that you're healthy about it. I think I wasn't very healthy about it. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say versus riding the Peloton, like six hours a day or something, right? Like, yeah, it's terrible. (laughs) Dorothy A.B. Johnson, thank you so much for being here. Um, where can the viewers the listeners find you where can they find your podcast how can they give you money (laughs) thank you so much for having me it was so fun being here and um if you're interested you can come on over to the how to get over your ex podcast would love to have you there and then i also love hanging out on instagram at breakup coach dorothy and all of my all the things i'm doing are over there so yeah i'm i will link all of the important stuff in the show notes uh, and whatever thank you so much for being here i appreciate it thank you so much for having me yeah totally we'll talk soon Huge thanks to Dorothy for being on the show. Make sure you guys go check all of her stuff out. Um, It's all in the show notes if you're listening. It's all in the video notes if you're watching on YouTube. Tons of value in this episode. I mean, let's face it, like hopefully 
this opens the door to you or, 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 or to you or to you um, to finally get over your, your loser ex. I mean, come on, you're better than this. Uh, you deserve more. Um, if you guys are enjoying Sex Party and you're listening on platforms like Apple, Spotify, you can leave a review. You can subscribe to the show. These things help the show grow and reach a bigger audience. Allow me to do um, some silly shit down the line. I appreciate it. If you do, you do not have to. If you're watching on YouTube, yo, what's up? Hope you're having a good week. You can like the video on YouTube. You can subscribe to the show. Again, you don't have to, but if you do, love you. Cannot wait to see you next week right back here. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. The party continues next week. Click subscribe and let's make this a regular thing. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at SexPartyFM. Follow Dustin at Dustin Ribka.